Hello and welcome to the podcast. This is Shannon, your beer mistress. I'm Jason. And this is Cousin Max. Ho, mixing it up. That's right, he's not even our cousin and look at him here, co-starring in this delicious episode about Founders Centennial IPA. Well, somebody had to do it and I was willing to take that bullet, so. That's what happens when Ian gets stuck in a faraway city and we have beer needing drunk. You just come through for us every time. That's, you know, someone, like I said, someone has to do it. It's a, it's a tough cross to bear, but I'm, I'm willing. It's family, right? That's all it is. <laughs> Are we going to talk about the extra tickets, or is that going to put us in the doghouse with a lot of listeners? Oh, I'm not sure. It depends. Well, actually, what we should do is talk about the extra tickets and then make sure they all know where to find Ian to tell him what a bad choice he made. That's true. I completely agree. All right. Everyone, everyone in the room just voted yes. Um, so... We're here talking about Centennial IPA today because yesterday we had the awesome experience of going out to the Northern Virginia Brew Festival, which is in Manassas, two major Civil War battlefields. Yeah, I know everyone cares about that, or I care about that, but it was a beautiful outdoor space, end of October, the weather was great at all of the colors around us with the, uh, with the leaves and everything else. And uh, it was supposed to be uh, a dashing rogue outing, and Ian got stranded in New York City, and New York to Northern Virginia is quite a commute. Even though I think the drinking is worth it, it was, it was a good beer time for all. But we had a, an unused ticket, and uh, at the end of the day, we had all these sample tickets that we could not seem to consume completely. Yeah, so we should probably go over what that is. So you get there, um, I guess you buy the main ticket to get in and you get four drink tickets. Um, as well as an adorable sample cup. Yeah, that was really neat. It's like a three ounce shot glass, essentially, that looks like a beer stein. It's appropriate for beer. Little handle and everything, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you can purchase additional sample tickets for a dollar a piece. And I think what I wasn't ready for is there was another event uh, in the summer that they had called the Northern Virginia Brew Festival, and when I went online and saw their list of beers and then some of my friends had gone and really recommended it, apparently a lot of the breweries there, if they brought some of their more rare stuff or it had a higher ABV, they charged two drink tickets to try a sample, which I get. I mean, you know, three ounces of a 12% beer is, is a pretty significant thing for a dollar. So, you know, two bucks to try something rare, I'm all for it. Um, but when we were buying our tickets this time, we were anticipating having several of them be two tickets. And I think I saw maybe two the whole time we were there that were that high. I didn't even find one. Okay. So when I saw Omegong for one ticket, I was... that was uh, You were I done. <laughs> I couldn't think of anybody else that would potentially charge more than one, so... Right. Well, Green Flash was there with their West Coast IPA. Which was awesome. I really enjoyed. And Allagash was there, but um, they had their white and their black. And... I like it, but I already know I like it, so if I have 40 breweries to choose from, I'm probably going to try something a little more rare. Uh, but unfortunately, by the time a couple hours in rolled around, there was not... It didn't seem like a good idea anymore. Yeah, so we, we didn't say... We bought 40 drink tickets total yes. because we thought, you know, there are four of us, uh, and if there are multiples per, you know... But we already had 16 other tickets that we got with our admission. Right. And I think that if we really did the math from the get-go, we would have realized that to fully deplete our ticket supply, we would have each needed to drink 14 samples at three ounces a pop. 
Right. Which would have been a copious amount of drinking in the sun of Northern Virginia yeah. while and wandering around all day. Have you noticed nice, that though. your nice girlfriend out. is like all of four foot something? Um, yeah, so that would not have <laughs> ended a well. Lot of, it's a lot of beer for a tiny person to consume. We should have given them away is what we should have done. Actually, that... We could have been the heroes. Yeah. I feel a little bad now. That We could have been like... We could still go and the beer them fairies. Out, guess, technically, right? Yeah. I think that we should literally just pull up in there and when they ask us... Beer drinkers, volunteers, or staff just hand people tickets. <laughs> just stand out there as more people are just yeah, volunteers. We're volunteering these away. That would be great. Prepaid tickets, anyone? That oh, Jason, that was such a good idea. And as the designated driver, you were the only one who was going to come up with that yeah, idea I yesterday. Know. Yeah, I'm a little slow on the uptake. <laughs> but it was it was a fun day, not just because the beer was pretty varied and delicious, but also because the food was way better than any of the wine festivals I've been to. Um, I think because they realized that you need something to sop up all that beer. Three words. Smoked turkey leg. <laughs> you were insane. Yeah, I had my first one. My first one ever at this thing. It was gigantic. It was huge. It, you guys, when you were like gnawing into them, looked so angry, like angry cavemen, just... <sighs> I think that's what's supposed to happen, is as soon as you have a giant piece of meat in front of you, all civility goes to the wayside. I can see that. It and we were, I mean, everybody who sees somebody eating a turkey leg, just le I mean, uh, just the number of comments I was getting, oh my god, that guy's got a gigantic turkey leg. <laughs> it's like you didn't go why out do, and kill it and smoke it yourself. Why like do you I not have one of these? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was a good idea, though, because it wasn't just the standard french fries and, you know, beer-battered chicken tenders or something like that it was truly they were i had a handled soft pretzel that was delicious mm -hmm. and uh then they had like the nachos with mess of everything poured on top that's perfect it's exactly what you should it's like appetizers if you went to a pub or something it's like exactly what i want to be eating when i'm wandering around in the heat drinking lots of beer i can't believe it's october it's not that hot it was quite warm out there oh, yesterday come on now it's what i'm used to you know coming from the city and being down in the middle of you know northern virginia I suppose that the sky itself just kind of threatens me. And when you were up on a hill, you were closer <laughs> you're to the sun. There's <laughs> the too much blue. I felt I felt entirely too threatened. But uh, no, it was a lot warmer and a lot more sun than I was anticipating, um, which is, wasn't intrinsically a bad thing. We got great weather, but I, I could have, you know, I, I, it probably would have ended poorly if I ended up going with the nachos. Okay, fair enough. But the turkey leg, I mean, turkey leg, hands down. Went perfectly well with uh, about four or five of the different beers that I was sampling at the time. So, Which one was your favorite for the day, do you think? I'd have to go with my favorite for yesterday would have to be the Duck Rabbit Head. That's the one? No, Duck Rabbit Head? What? It's not Dogfish Head meets Duck look, Rabbit. Look, there it's was a head <laughs> on the banner. So. <laughs> and that was probably about three into 12. So, uh, No, the Duck Rabbit, I know that it was a darker IPA. It was funky, it was slightly on the bitter side, and it was very, very tasty. I'm not gonna lie, that was my one disappointment yesterday, is that I feel like 75, 80% of the breweries brought an IPA. And as we have said really here, did. time and again, like America's in love with hops, and yes, I get it, but at the same time, I want, if I'm gonna try 14 beers, which no, I didn't, I tried like nine, mm -hmm. but um, 
if I'm going to try that many, I want to try different styles as well. They just start to run together a little when you can't quite cleanse your palate. There weren't many stouts. I mean, there were a few, and the, I mean, you were saying the duck rabbit was. It was. It was definitely was a, a stout. porter stout characteristics, but it was. It was. It was a black IPA. Right. Yeah. But a lot of the characteristics of it were that dark, roasted, smoky. Um, but it drank like a stout, which was nice. So it, it did blend a lot of qualities of some of my favorites, which I. I not for IPAs, and I'm a nut for stouts, and I'm a nut for porters. So you're not for beer, Max. I yes. I mean, <laughs> I I tend to err on the darker side of things, you know, as opposed to going with the, the lighter. I don't like pilsners, kolsches, or any of that. Long distance hug. Right nearly now. as nearly <laughs> as much as I do, you know, the darker, you know, the darker reds, the uh, the blacks. It's typically my uh, my go-to. They had a bunch of pumpkin beers out there too. Which that made was me one happy. of my favorites. I really think that the the one that took the cake, which surprised me was the Long Trail Pumpkin. I don't think I tried that one. The one I didn't try. It was because they had, Chiflet had a pumpkin, and we did that one on the podcast, and that one was my far away winner for this year, but I had never had the Chiflet on draft before, and it really had a different color and a different flavor coming out of the keg than it did when we have the bottles. But somehow that Long Trail, oh man, it did it for me. Now, those little pie you might not have liked that it had a little of the pumpkin pie flavor to it. I really, on that note, really, really enjoyed the Flying Dog Pumpkin. Okay. It had none of the pumpkin pie aspect to it that almost all the other pumpkin beers I've had this year have. And instead was a much, much more direct, this is pumpkin. Right. Like, the... Fruit, vegetable? I'm not even sure what pumpkin is exactly. I'm pretty sure it's a vegetable. Is it a vegetable? Yeah, it's, I thought it was another one of those tomato things <laughs> where we weren't really sure where it landed. Oh. But, um... No, that's, no. Yeah, when you're chunking your pumpkin, you're exactly. chunking ve- vegetables. It's, yeah. it's much more of a vegetable flavor from their pumpkin ale than it was the sweet, uh, you know... You weren't getting the spices. Exactly. The, I wasn't yeah. getting the fall spices. I was getting that Nothing. raw flavor of fall. So, which I actually appreciated a lot. Um, See, I like the pumpkin pie type. Yes. I like that I. little bit of sweetness in there. I'm a or a lot of sweetness in there. I'm epically disappointed that you were not in on the pumpkin podcast because I think that you would have enjoyed it thoroughly. Mm-hmm. But probably better because you and I have very similar tastes on what we like in pumpkin beers, so we mixed it up a little bit. And now you didn't like the chiflet as much there, right? Out of the keg? Correct. Yeah, I liked it better. Did you? Yeah. What about it? I don't know. I feel like there was more of a punch to some of the flavors that you could tell more of a difference. It maybe it blends less when it's in a bottle or blends more rather when it's in right. a bottle and less when it's in a keg. Um, but yeah, no, I liked it there. There's a few beers I feel that way about. The same is true for the Schneider Aventinas, the Dunkelweissen. Probably one of my top 10 beers of all time. I'm going to put this on a list and on the website one of these days. I promise my top 10. But um, for some reason, the first time I had it, on draft, so excited, couldn't wait, da 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 ordered it, little kid, yes, it sits down in front of me, and I'm like, where's the rest of it? Like, it was so light, it wasn't as cloudy as when I poured out of the bottle, there was none of the debris, the sediment that I love, because I want to chew my beer, uh, and I tasted it, and it had, it was like an imitation, it was like the generic version of what I was used to tasting, like, it was, all the flavors were there, they just weren't as strong as when I get it out of the bottle, so I definitely learned there's certain certain beers that I just prefer out of the bottle. And so what we're drinking today is the Centennial from Founders. Is that right? Centennial yes. mm-hmm. Founders? Centennial IPA, which we learned from Berlin. Centennial is the hops. So you should pick up a citrus flavor in there somewhere because it's a sea hops. What do you think? I'm really digging it. It's a nice, 
And I have a feeling that this would be this is another one of those beers that I enjoy much more out of the bottle um, than I would on draft. Only because, and I find that with a lot of IPAs, to be honest. Okay. Uh, IPAs, I feel, have a much more hop-centric flavor when they're allowed to just sit there and, you know, mill amongst themselves instead of taking away a lot of that grittiness, um, you know, through through a keg pour. Um, this is really, you know, it's really nice because, yes, it is an IPA, and a lot of IPAs really tend to go on the lighter to mid color range. Right. This is actually slightly darker. For a single IPA. For a single IPA. Uh, let me clarify. For a single IPA. Um, but it really does do the hop, um, you know, the Centennial hops justice. And it's 7.2, which is a little low for us on the podcast. Right. Sad, sad day, isn't it, when 7.2 is a mild environment. Uh, but again, it's a single. So, you know, once you get into the double IPAs is when you start to hit 9, 10, 11%. Yeah, I don't really find it to be... Uh, too hoppy. I mean, no. it's not. It's kind of a subtle. I think it's a subtle flavor. Standard, well balanced IPA. I, I completely agree. It's not a. It's not a overkill hops like some of the ones that we had yesterday. I had the uh, Hopsecutioner by Terrapin. Yeah. yeah. Which was. That one has a fun bottle. There's like a turtle on it, crazy. like wearing a hood and carrying it. It was pretty crazy. Um, it was almost, and I can't believe I'm about to say this. It was almost at the point of too much hops. Uh, Check his temperature. I know, uh, but this is this is actually a very very nice. Like Jason, you just said, this is a very nice, well balanced. You can taste the definitive hop character, but it's not overkill. See, the thing I like about hops is when you end up with enough of the hops, or it, it's um, sort of done in a way where you can taste the flowers. I like the floral um, taste to it. So this kind of seems less like that. It tastes more like a like you're saying, a standard beer that's just, you know, mixed well. But uh, the, one of the things I like about Hop Slam is just you get that, like you're out in a field drinking something that came from that field. Taste little earthiness it. to it. Yeah. Well, and yeah, I don't know. The floral thing, I don't know. It's big for me. Awesome. We'll have to do a little. But it's interesting that this is the way that we choose to describe the beer. Because if you go on Founder's website and, you know, learn all about the company, they... It was founded by two guys who had real jobs that decided they really loved brewing. So they quit their jobs, wrote their business plan, and started brewing beer that they thought everybody would like. And they were almost bankrupt um, because they were trying to appeal to the masses and it just wasn't working. So right before you know, their loans were due, they said, forget this. We're going to do it our way and exactly what got us into craft beer in the first place. And... They said they don't want to brew beer for the masses anymore. They want to craft beer for the chosen few, the small cadre of renegades and rebels who enjoy beer that pushes the limits of what is commonly accepted as taste. You could tell that you started reading about halfway through that. Yeah, okay. Well, I wanted to get it right, Um, which I thought when I first read it, I was like, that is so inspiring. And now I feel a little guilty that without reading that, we said, oh, yeah, it's very standard IPA. It's very what you'd expect. But I'm going to say that what I'm going to give it a lot of credit for is that a lot of single IPAs, because every brewery makes one now, at least one, right, um, they die. You get that hop punch and then a, like a watery finish or just a really boring, bland finish. And this one, I, as we said, well-balanced. It comes through at the end for you. Well... I mean, I don't think that looking at a IPA as being a standard IPA is necessarily a bad thing anymore. For example, when was the last time we drank a 
IPA from, I mean, there are no mass market, quote unquote, mass market IPAs outside of maybe Sierra Nevada. That's the only one I could think of. It's off the top of my head. That really is the only major league, uh, you know, which is really kind of dancing the line of microbrewery at this point. Yeah. Sam Adams too, right? But do they, can you name their IPA? No. That's what I mean, is that as far as IPAs are concerned, is that if run-of-the-mill means good because we have a lot of IPAs and now have a higher expectancy out of a lot of beers that we're drinking, right? I think that most of the fallback IPAs that I would drink on a normal basis are exceptional. And I think that they're very well done, and I feel that um, you know there's a little bit of different character put into each one of them. And I feel that this is a very, very good indicator of a good company. Um, of, of definitely of a good brewer when you can make an IPA, which has become the go-to beer in, uh, in the craft brew scene in America. Well, a big deal that ratebeer.com, which is one of my two go-tos for finding out what a beer is, whether or not I'm going to want to buy it probably, um, has ranked Founders Brewery as the second best brewery in the world um, ever since 2011, which I guess makes that two years. But that's a big deal. Um, so they're doing something right and I'm glad that they went back to their roots and decided to to follow their hearts or their palates as it were but I know this is going to make me sound a little naive or clueless do it okay I'm biased and I know that I am using my yeah okay I'm just gonna say it I thought founders was from Philadelphia because America was founded for all intents and purposes in Philadelphia. Lo and behold, I was horribly and epically wrong. Um, they're from Michigan. So I don't know if because it was founded by two guys, they decided to call themselves founders. I don't actually know where their name came from. But sorry, world. I, you know, any tie-in to oh, our, our Philadelphia roots is, is completely lost right there. Yep. <laughs> I've got nothing. <laughs> okay. Um, Jason's other favorite brewery is in Michigan. Bells. Bells, which we're going to have to do Hop Slam, I think, in February. Well, but that's one of the things. When I try other stuff from Bells, I'm not usually as. I, I like their stuff. Uh, I don't like their stuff bottled, I should say, I guess. I okay. really like it off tap. Um, but things like their Java Stout and their. What's the cherry one? Do they have a cherry stout? They do. I don't remember. It's what like it's a called. Christmas yeah. thing, I think. I like those on tap, but I don't really like them out of the bottle. Well, if you're drinking a lot of stouts too, especially and stouts, especially are better out of anything but a bottle. Do we know why that is? It's the way that they breathe. Um, I mean, for example, it's why Guinness is just—it's it, hard to do Guinness justice out of a bottle. Yeah. Um, any stout in general, you want it. You want it pretty much you want it aerated you want to have that that nitrogen infusion into it to give it that head you want you want it to be able to be poured smooth because stouts really are a much more shaky kind of beer and they're not as carbonated either they're not as carbonated you want them colder and you want them smooth it's just the way because they are a heavier beer in a lot of cases not necessarily you know calorie wise or anything like that but the way that they're constructed is a they're a darker heavier beer you want them cold not super that's why cold. you have your pilsner super cold you have those very right. light flavored beers super duper cold so you can't you know because you're not tasting a lot of what's going on because you don't well the more that a beer warms the uh the more character you can really I taste like on an individual sip cask 
beer. Um, and the same is, especially if I can get a porter or a stout to be not super cold, I enjoy it more. A lot of times I'll get it and let it set like for 10 minutes before I start drinking it. Well, you have to think too on the cask note is that I've, I've had the, the luxury of being able to go to a couple of different places that are doing cask pours now. And the nice part about it is that a lot of these brews are older. A lot of them. I mean, especially when you're looking at Belgians that have been around since the 1600s, 1500s. Oh my gosh, yeah. Um, there was no refrigeration. Draft. There yeah. was no refrigeration. <laughs> these were all cask. You know, they weren't. There was no modern bottling or any or cans or anything like that. Right. This is the way beer was poured, and they would, you know, create beer to be poured like this. So that when you change it up and you either bottle it, you can it, or you do it through a keg system, you're going to get a completely different flavor and a completely different pour off of it. When you go back to the cask, especially if it's an English, a Scottish, I mean, those are, I mean, they still do it that way. So if you're going to, you know, employ that, you know, method, I think that it's, it's very, it, it is going to vary based on the beer because the time period that the beer was invented is, you know, a lot, it has a lot to play in the, uh, the medium in which it's being, uh, consumed. Can we take a minute and weigh in on the style of the brew fest we went to yesterday? Because I know that we have very frequently lamented Pennsylvania liquor laws on this podcast, um, but we are sitting in Virginia right now and things are different here. So yes, we could go out on a Sunday and buy ourselves some beer if need be. And we could even do it not at a bar. We could go to a grocery store or something, which to 40 two of the states is not weird um but way to throw pennsylvania out there <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm an advertisement for the tourism board right now it is against their law to have the pay a fee at the brew fest and then drink all you want for a set number of hours whereas i have actually been to several um brew festivals i don't know what else to call them but just great brew experiences in Pennsylvania where you can do that. Um, I did one in Philadelphia at World Cafe Live. Um, it was the best way to celebrate Christmas. It was the day after Christmas, it was a winter beer festival. And sure, it, it was, it's shorter. It was only, I think, three hours. But your food was included and you got your sample glass and it was kind of like, hey, three hours, all you can drink, go for it. That's where I tried Mad Elf for the first time, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But we that's a great place to try Mad Elf. We yeah. did not leave the bar at one point in time. We had sort of made the rounds. We had figured out what we liked and didn't like, and then went back to where they were pouring the Mad Elf, and we just stood there and had him refill our glass a couple of times. We probably had like a whole six ounces of Mad Elf. <laughs> Which is in and of itself dangerous. Yeah, true enough. I, I always have wanted to go back to that event and just take the train that was the biggest bummer is that after the first hour and a half we were like okay now we need to eat a lot of soft pretzels and bratwurst or else we're not gonna be able to make it home and i did another one in harrisburg at appalachian brewing company and that facility over there is fantastic it's two floors they've got a big old deck out back they've got two stages and event space and so they just bring in breweries from all over the place and Verlin even said they let the homebrewers come in and pour and stuff. Um, Which I think is great. It's, it was awesome. And I, I kind of cheated there because we were f uh, filming a pilot of a show that we wanted to do. So, gee whiz, you give me a camera crew and a microphone and I get to the cut to the front of every line. And they did a morning um, section and an afternoon section. So, we went to the morning session and 
we filmed it all and we met like the ladies from the intercourse brewery where they employ all cute ladies wearing shirts that say i love intercourse when are we going to do a podcast from this place (laughs) (laughs) and then because we filmed in the morning they let us just hang out for an hour while they transitioned and then we got to enjoy the afternoon and they were like okay well you're already inside you already have your sample cup just lay back and and ride it out the rest of the evening and we're like this is fantastic the girl behind the bar had actually made herself a crown of hops it was adorable like she looked like a greek goddess it was really cool that sounds like a cool idea is that like one of dionysus's daughters dionysus or or that bacchus how about that okay (laughs) that's easier to pronounce (laughs) yes you can make that a halloween costume that would be kind of awesome lady hops lady hops would you dress like Lady, li- Lady Liberty, but instead of the crown of, you know, you would wear hops? Or is, that's See, we not can even sexy. Cir- we can even circumvent copy, uh, copyright infringements by saying Lovely Lady Hops instead. There you go. Yeah, we, we're just full of avoiding legal trouble here. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Brewfest, though, uh, great idea. It, you know, for, for what they're worth, um, you know, it's really not an expensive uh, adventure, especially when you're talking about beer prices that can sometimes be 8 to ten dollars a glass um, by themselves. Right. I mean, you figure if you go out and you're going to try fifteen different beers in one sitting, um, and you still want to be able to get yourself home at some point in the next forty-eight hours, uh, beer festivals are great ideas because you really do get a nice three-ounce pour of each different type that you're sampling. They were generous. They were. They, they were very generous. Maximized the glass. I was almost, very impressed. Almost too generous. <laughs> Oh well, yeah, there were lots of places that were spilling over. Right. You know. I was just worried that pour. am I paying a dollar for my glass to be full or am I paying for half a glass? And there was ne- never a time where I felt gypped when I gave them my ticket. It does become more expensive when you buy a lot of extra tickets that you <laughs> well, use. Yes. So when when going, really try to gauge how much you would be drinking on a normal well, afternoon. You- or maybe consider going better. back. Maybe consider going back to the ticket stand. Go less. Sometimes the, the lines right. are not as menacing as you might think. All I'm going to say is, had Ian been there, he would have totally picked up the slack and we would not have had 10 tickets left. So if you would like to call him out on this beer foul, it is dashing underscore rogue on Twitter. <laughs> uh, you just let him know how disappointed you are. Go on. Uh, it was a good idea to get there early too oh uh, yes because we got there probably what an hour after they opened Mm -hmm. and there were a bunch of places that had no line at all um and some of them you know omegong and places like that already had you know four or five people in line um but then you'd go somewhere else that's not really as well known and you can walk right up whereas later on in the day two three hours later i mean everywhere had you know just massive lines it was hard to walk because people were you know were clogging the lanes so but I really appreciated the fact that, I mean, well, I mean, I didn't appreciate the fact that there was no lines, but I appreciated personally the fact that you would be able to just walk right up. Right. Because the way that I wanted to utilize this and you know, any other, you know, festivals in the future would be to try the unknown, you know, the, the unknown breweries. Um, because that's really the way that these, you know, the only reason that Omegang is on the map is because somebody tried them when they were unknown. Right. And more people tried them when they were unknown. And then all of a sudden they were known. <laughs> and the same thing with, you know, all of the other big staples that we really we really go to on a regular basis for, you know, on or off, you know, the recorded, uh, the recorded word, um, you know, the beers that we continuously go back and enjoy. Um, Brewfests are great times to be able to sample these beers instead of going out and getting a case or a six-pack and not knowing if it's something you're going to enjoy. 
You go out there, it's included pretty much in the price. I mean, you're paying essentially a dollar a drink. I mean, I've wasted dollars on many things worse than, you know, <laughs> not the best beers. So go out there and try them. And especially to, I know we've had recurring questions popping up on, you know, podcast after podcast. How do I get into drinking IPAs? How do I get into drinking beer? What's good about pumpkin beer? Um, these are great ideas for you to, you know, get out there, try multiple beers in one session without, you know, really feeling the effects of them because it's smaller pours. But you can really cultivate your palate, um, you know, at a relatively low cost. And all I'm going to say, and I know that I've brought this up before, so I apologize for the repetition, is great time to go out with a group of friends. Because oh, yeah. if you don't like it, chances are someone amongst that group will. And or someone is willing to just take those three ounces of disappointment <laughs> so that you can move on to the next tent. But oh, Also, I have a quick tip for folks that are uh, interested in going out to these things. Uh, sunscreen may not it. be the worst idea. Even in October. Even in October, <laughs> three and a half hours later. I can't believe the I'm two of sunburned. you guys. I don't know. Have you never seen the sun before? I was so confused. There's a lot well, of he's scared really, of blue sky. There's a lot of really <laughs> tall really buildings white. in the city. Is there a phobia, like a name for that phobia? Uh, there should be. I think it's, it's called vampirism. Oh. <laughs> it's, a, it's a hybrid between agoraphobia, the fear of outdoor space, or wide open spaces, and something else. Or? It means something different when you say... Blueophobia. Blue. Vampirism, when he's known for having twilight real. hair. That's kind of fantastic. Not anymore. It's all been cut off. For the next week or two. We'll see. It'll grow back in no time. Yeah, you look exactly like Bella. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have been eating more. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Ouch. <clears throat> so... I want to take a moment uh, to give a shout out to Founders um, because it looks like a really fun place to work. If only I could handle Michigan, I think I'd freeze to death. Um, but they actually, if you go on there, they have a team of employees who are cyclists and they participate in events like all over the north central region of the U.S. Um, not my thing. I actually had a nightmare last night about riding my bicycle and being so bad at it that I missed out on some great moment. I told you my dreams are horrible. You gotta get you on the bike. <laughs> Please go into more detail on this. Um, you have more balance than you think you do. It's not that I can't ride a bike. It's just that I have no torque, so I can't move up any hills. Um, I, I. You probably shouldn't have it in fifteenth gear when you're trying to do that. I think that might be. Part I always of your rode like the beach like coaster bikes that didn't have gears. It was all or nothing. Like. Maybe that's... Never mind. I'm moving on. They also have a bunch of fantastic events, and they have a brew pub on site. And I needed to bring this up when I saw it. It just seemed like the most exciting thing ever. Uh, in early November, they're having the Founders Breakfast Stout Breakfast at their pub, where you can actually go, and your ticket will buy you not only a mug full of breakfast stout, uh, but also, you know, a full breakfast, live music, and uh, a good time. And I just thought that was so much fun. Like, I know so many people who are in love with breakfast, and Founders Breakfast is a fantastic step. So it seems like a really good way to spend a morning, and for only $30, do it. What's the name of the breakfast again? Breakfast Stout Breakfast. It's like the redundancy breakfast of Well, redundancy. no, but the Founders... The Department of Redundancy Department. <laughs> The Founders Stout is called Breakfast Stout. So it's the Breakfast Stout Breakfast. Breakfast, exactly. You're having Breakfast Stout for breakfast. As well as some breakfast food. One would hope. Well, I think that is what breakfast is. 
Okay. Typically. Well, it depends. If you're me, it's cold pizza. But for other people... Which is still breakfast. <laughs> if it's before 11.30, it's still breakfast. As long as it's breakfast pizza. Oh, that was so good. We've just discovered this. It's quite delicious. Best way to finalize a podcast. It's true. It was after the pumpkin beer podcast because there were three... Which, by the way, pumpkin beers have a very sneaky way of slipping a very high ABV, ABV in there. Uh, you don't think it because it... It's like drinking pumpkin pie, but yes, you will be knocked off your rocker if you don't watch yourself. Is it all the sugars? Is that why? Or do we not know? Truly, I could make up an answer right now, but everyone who's listening would know I was just lying, so I don't see the point in lying to... Seems to me the sugars would do that. Okay. <laughs> just when drinking copious amounts of pumpkin beers, remember to order yeah. a breakfast pizza. Yes. Yeah, I have gotten in trouble well with together. pumpkin. Yeah. That's true. Even and Mad Elf. Mad Elf's the same way. Oh my goodness. Mad Elf's pretty sweet. That's true. We're gonna we're gonna get there. So ready. It's almost November, which means it's almost time for. I think we're going to plan a trip to Troges right around the time that Mad Elf comes out, so that we can enjoy the brewery tour and Mad Elf fresh from the source. So good times, I think, to be had by everyone. Now is a good time, I think, to bring up the fact that Cousin Max's challenge has been accepted. Challenge accepted. Exactly. I'm so happy to hear about this. Do you remember? Your, his challenge came up during the pumpkin beer podcast. And we were talking about how I have a aversion to pumpkin pie, which is, I know, against the grain. Most people think that I'm crazy. So un-American. Un-American. I must be a communist. Uh, get me off these beer podcasts and I'll start drinking vodka. Um, essentially, I'm not a big fan of pumpkin pie. I don't know what it is. I like everything that goes into it. It's just something's not clicking for me. However, what I do enjoy is rhubarb pie. Anything with rhubarb in it is, I find, delicious. Uh, so, Berlin, our brewing friend of awesome, who <laughs> has made a pumpkin ale this year at 10.59%, and we have a standing invitation to knock on his door anytime to go try some. What are you doing at 3 a.m.? Let's do it. Um, has posted on our Facebook page, Cousin Max's challenge is accepted. And he is totally going to make us, because I'm going to elbow my way in there, uh, a rhubarb beer. And I am very excited. Now, he said it's going to take a lot of research because rhubarb is a very tart flavor, which is not a bad thing because Cousin Max, Andy and both, like I'm sours. Thinking a sour or a lambic? Yeah, that's prob I think that's very likely. Though I don't want to influence his decision no, because no, no, I no, really no. trust whatever he wants to put together. Um, but all things considered, I, it will definitely be the first rhubarb beer I've ever seen. And whether or not he goes rhubarb or rhubarb pie, we're just going to have to wait and see. I am. I can't tell you how interested I am into seeing how this works out. I, I am so excited and very, <laughs> very happy that I brought it up in the first place at the podcast. I thought you were a little off your rocker then. Me too. Yeah. And uh, apparently I'm I not alone. Berlin, it's do. nice to know that you're going to go to Looneybin with me. Yeah. Well. That sounds neat. I mean, that's one of the cool things about brewing your own, right? Is that you can put the flavors that you want to in there. It may or may not work, but... You yeah, don't know until you try. Doing some of the weird flavors, you could really stumble upon something that somebody else hasn't tried. Hey, I look at it like this. Very, very well-renowned companies like Dogfish Head have done this with tea, have done this with all sorts of different other flavors. Thrown, you know, what do we have to lose? Right. You try something out, you, you, you know, you, you see what works, you see what doesn't work. 
You catch it at the brewery. If it's something that, you know what, this is terrible, nobody's ever going to buy this, you just never release it. Right. But if it's something that you're like, you know what, it's kind of different, it's, you know, it's, it's not quite what people are expecting, let's throw it out there, let's see what happens. I have never had a rhubarb beer. No. Of any way, shape, or form, and uh, that's one of the reasons that I'm super excited to hear about it. We'll have to give it a go. Um, regardless, I mean, there's not going to be that much of it. I think his his whole setup makes a sixtal at a time. So worst comes to worst, you only have to down like 112 pints. You'll be fine. Well, if it's anything similar to the smoked stout that you guys worked on with him. Oh, man. You, uh, it makes us look like we know what we're doing, doesn't it? <laughs> Such a lie. It's, uh, it was amazing. I mean, honestly, we, uh, that was what, at the... Our Labor Day bar barbecue. The Labor Day barbecue, mm -hmm. we did that, and it was uh, phenomenal. Um, I'm sure there's still pictures floating around of me being prepped for eye candy somewhere. Yeah. Oh my. Uh, Facebook.com slash dashing rogue. Check it out. But uh, Did you do an outtake for that? Yes. Yeah. No, you did. There is definitely, uh, it's great. If you want to know what Cousin Max looks like, that's the place to find out. Yeah. Watch Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> Look for Bella. <laughs> you can, oh, it's all in the man. voice. That's yeah, it's yeah, true. It is, yeah. It's so romantic and old school. Oh my gosh. It's so sad. This is what happens when Ian's not here to moderate me. <laughs> so you're I'm just, out of control. And it's only 7.2%. I know. I'm not sure. This is crazy. So much lower than all the pumpkin beers. It's And we only gave you one today. I know. He's like, three? All right. What's average for a pumpkin beer? Nine to ten? or? It depends. Is it a pumpkin porter? Is it a pumpkin ale? Is it a pumpkin stout? What is it? Um, but I'm going to say for the most part, I don't know the last time I saw a pumpkin beer under 8%. Okay. Yeah, typically. I think everyone we had on that podcast was at least 9%, which is why the pizza happened afterwards, because we, we were totally done. We're like high-fiving each other, and then there that was, was just... Such, that was probably the greatest pizza I've ever eaten. And it had nothing to do with the pizza and everything to do with the pumpkin beer you had before it. Well, you know what? I'm not going to give no credit to the pizza. The pizza place has been there for years. We've been going there for years ever since, you know, Ian and I were... You know, little kids and uh, knee high. Do I don't know any of those. It takes analogies. us way back. We need to figure out uh, pizza that pairs well with pumpkin beer because Ooh. I, I think there, there's got to be a way. Of I course. I don't know what it would be. You'd want something that wasn't too sweet because the pumpkin beer is going to, for the most part, unless we go with the types that Max likes. Honestly, which is something that I feel like we don't get into enough. Is the pairings? Is what exactly should you be eating with these? I love that plan. Me, I, it's, I'm all about it because uh, the only thing that I like almost as much as drinking beer is it's eating food. Nice. <laughs> well, do you want to talk IPA well, right challenge now? Challenge accepted. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> all right, that's it. I'm pushing my sleeves up. We are doing this. The, the great part about IPAs right now, especially the one that we're drinking that has a nice oomph of hops to it, is it's got enough flavor, but it's not going to get lost with a bold food. You don't, you don't have to eat something bland. And I... Maybe I'm biased because I just got back from Germany where a lot of the food is tan colored and has no oomph behind it. It has some oompa though. Yeah, Ooh. more or less. That was terrible. Well, got, got some umlauts at least. <laughs> oh, that was a smart kid joke. Oh, totally not a smart kid after a beer. They had some oomph. Oomph. Um, IPA. I, the first thing I think of, and I know this is probably like a way too all-American answer, is like a bacon cheeseburger with jalapenos and cheese, like just melty goodness because the hops is strong enough to offset any of that spice. 
it's exactly what I want with most of that appetizer menu. It's what I want with my muto nachos. It's what I want with like my spring rolls that are like southwestern and spicy. Like that's See, but I feel like the hops makes it burn more, the jalapeno. Really? Yeah. It's the opposite of what milk does to you? Yeah. Actually, that's exactly why I was going to say, instead of going with the bacon cheeseburger with jalapenos, I'd go with Cajun. I want something that's going to emphasize that that spice, and it's going to really enhance it. It's going to bring it out. I don't necessarily need something that's going to quench that flame. I want something that's going to be like, wow, this is hot. You like fire out your nostrils hot. I do. I like steam from the ears and fire from the nostrils, and I like... I like a little bit of, you know, something going on with that. Um, and I think that a lot of those, especially I would even go with like a rye IPA. Oh, don't. Uh, that's such a bad word to me. Rye is a four-letter word in my world. It's just... We need to get you into the Wookie Jack is what we need to do. I guess. And that's made by what, Firestone Walker? Firestone Walker's Wookie Jack. Okay. Which is, uh, Firestone Walker, which is a, uh, rel- it's new to me. I don't know actually how long it's been around, but. We'll have to do an episode on it. it. We should. They have, uh, at least off the top of my head, I know that they have at least five or six different beers. And the four that I've tried so far have all been phenomenal. Um, the Wookie Jack is their Black Rye IPA, which I know Shannon has a slight aversion to at the moment. Uh, Black and IPA, I'm good with. But Ian and I had sampled a bottle of the Wookie Jack, and it was just so wild in its flavor. It was almost like drinking a hybrid between beer and like spruce pine needles. Oh it wow! It was so like gin. Like you was, get that Christmas tree gin. It flavor? wasn't the juniper flavor of gin, but it okay. was definitely like there's definitely some Christmas trees going on in here. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, it was, but it was it was beery enough to be able to be had pretty much year round. Okay. I think we, I want to say we had that in July or August, uh, which is definitely not Christmas time. Sure. Um, well, Christmas in July, we love that here. I am a big fan of Mad it's Elf. Six months. It's anytime. six months whenever after something happens that you kind of want to have that. Um, holiday before it happens. So like Halloween, you kind of want to have that in April Never. because... It's just not my thing. Yeah, I know because you were raised that way. <laughs> so I, I had an idea for uh, an event that I would kind of like to experience, I guess. Okay, Maybe lay it it's on something me. we could do. Um, I'd kind of like to have a slider and beer event where we have a bunch of different types of sliders. So we've got the jalapeno type of slider. You have the Southwest type of slider and all that. Can we even do then, into like pulled pork sliders and all that other, or just burgers? I'm kind of just thinking burgers. Um, okay, so and make then, like a you dozen. You keep the meat as the staple. Okay. Right. And you change up the seasoning. And then you have, yeah, seasoning being different and toppings being different and all that. And then we would also have small cups of different types of beers. So you could try, and we could have a bunch of people doing this at the same time and sort of rate what they think of with these different types. So you could tell with this jalapeno, people tended to like, you know, a cherry stout as opposed to an IPA or something like that. Um, and I just think that'd be kind of neat and a day that a lot of people would like. Football. Football being say, on would be I have two good. words for you. Super Bowl. Why couldn't you do that for a big event like that? Like if you're going to have a party anyway around a major football thing. You like, already know that people are going to be available for said party, which exactly. means that you can get a good control group together as well as a couple of uh, X factors. I'm going to say, Jason, A+. plus. That sounds like a delicious day out. Awesome. And or as long as We should do some, as the, a similar yeah. thing with uh, pizza too. Like different pizza toppings? Yeah. Well, and I think that there's, this says a lot, to be honest, because two things that are very, very 
common in most of our diets are burgers and pizza. Yeah. We're you know, so American. It's well, we try. You know, we're talking about mostly American beers here. Yeah. Why not why not stay on pace Let's with that? Let's just be honest with ourselves. But it's you know, I feel like these are readily available foods that aren't really going too outside of the box. We're not saying, you know, to create anything wild here. Um, you know, while you're branching out and changing up your beer palates, you know, keep something under control. Right. Let's keep something you know, comfortable and staple, and, and then, you know, at that point, you're able to start saying, oh, well, I really liked this cherry stout with this smoky hot flavor. What else is smoky hot that I like? And then you can start branching out into different foods with different beers. Would you do the pizza and uh, slider event on different occasions, or would Probably, you? Probably, yeah, just so you have something consistent for that one, so people... That's true. If that. you try 12 different beers, even in small quantities, as we learned yesterday... It doesn't have to be super unhealthy, too. You could do a turkey burger and see what goes well with a turkey burger. Because people like knowing that type of thing. Turkey, avocado, little tomato. Yeah, I think that'd be that good. That could be delicious. That's where the... You're um, not winning me the, over with this one. With the turkey one? With the turkey I was just, But I was well, looking I'm, I'm at saying, you... Including that for the folks that want to try something different. Well, if it's like one or, of 12 sliders you had that day, well, I bet you could suffer through it. If it's one of 12, and you I don't suppose. have to. No, and we, we're not going to make people do burgers they don't want to do. All I hear is that Just I'm being don't invite any right vegans because we're going to be really disappointing to some people. That's true. Um, I'm going to say put that on the. Someone pick a date and, and put that on the docket. The Super Bowl's already picked. So. Okay. All yeah. right. Yeah, we didn't Throw even down. need to pick that one. Yeah, yeah, it was picked for it us. Picked we don't us. have to do it then, but. No, I'm just, uh, it's We've like been Max randomly said, selected. like you know that people are, when, yeah. were probably already planning to do something. Well, it's it's one of those things like the Labor Day. We had such yeah. a good turnout for that because it's Labor Day. Everybody's already calling around, hey, I'm not doing anything for Labor Day. Are you guys? Oh, great, you are. Something's already set up and up and running. I'll come on over. Right. And you know, it for trying new things, which by the way, I just found the Labor Day barbecue to be an absolute success. I enjoyed everything on it thoroughly and... Yes, it was wonderful. And I'm only anticipating the same kind of results for um, a Super Bowl burger brew fest. Oh, I have a feeling someone needs to start making some invitations. That sounds like a great thing. Done. Gilded and personalized. Oh, love it. Wow. <laughs> All right. So I do want to take a moment, and we have always said on the podcast that we are absolutely supportive of you guys writing in and letting us know not only maybe questions that you have or what you think, and we've, we've even gone so far as to ask you guys questions and, and look for feedback. But yesterday was an exceptional moment in time for me. And it was uh, a friend who I know somewhat well, but not like crazy well. Uh, I received a message that said, Beer Mistress, I need you. I am at the Food and Wine Festival in Disney World right now, and I don't remember what kind of beer I like. <laughs> Which I had a, a moment of panic because how many kinds of beer are there in the world? Uh, and I wasn't sure what to really get into. But I Not thought, enough. Well, oh, I don't know. I have found so many that I like. I don't, I don't know. Maybe rhubarb will be my new favorite kind of beer. Let's just bring it. Um, but I, it, took me, it took me a while. I'm not going to lie. Probably four or five minutes before I could respond because I think that I've only uh, been out with this particular person once where we were at a... a, a beer place where you could get more than just, you know, four things on draft and whatnot. And I remember coaching her through 
what her flavors were and it was her birthday and it was six months ago and I'm like I don't know uh, and then it just sort of came flooding back and I sent her three texts full of these are your yeses and these are your noes and you know I think that you're gonna like a Belgian double or a triple but don't go to the quad because that's too much and stay away from all forms of IPA and stouts only if they're milk stouts not breakfast stouts not any kind of flavored stout just eh. and she responded with this like big smiley face of thank you beer mistress so please understand that when we say, write to us about anything, we mean, write to us about anything. And wait for the new graphic novel starring the beer mistress herself <laughs> to be released. <laughs> Jason really wants me to be wearing it's a dirndl for figures. that. It's all just all stick, stick figures. figures. <laughs> yeah. We say graphic in quotations. We do a lot of things here, but yeah, drawing is not one of them. Max will just have a cutout of Bella. <laughs> <laughs> Walking across from stand to stand at the beer festival. Yeah, that would be great. But that's for... Halloween. Really, the acting would be just about the same. Right? Oh, yes. So true. I can't um, even argue that. <laughs> have you seen any of the Twilight movies? I have not. Okay. I respect you more for that being your answer. I've seen them all. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I don't know why I whispered. <laughs> I don't know why you whispered either, because now we're just going to have to turn up your whisper so people this can hear what you said. recorded. I mean... Do you want to just own it, Jason? Do you want to say it really loud into your microphone so people can... And no, he said, I want to keep what's left of my man card. Can we please move on? Um, but uh, if you're having dinner and you don't know what to pair with your dinner, and it doesn't have to be beer or pizza, we, we do branch out beyond that. Or you're going on a date night to a BYO and you don't want to take wine, you want to take something else, send me a quick message at beermistress on Twitter or uh, beermistress at dashingrogue.com and I will definitely help you out in any way that I can because I love beer and I want you to love beer as a life experience too. And rate us on iTunes. Yes, please. Uh, because that gets us seen by more people, and then more people download uh, our podcast, and then we get to do more of them. And I've got to say, like, we had a slow start, as would be expected, because, you know, who's ever heard of us before? But the last two or three have really started to take off, and I've been super-duper excited because we've gotten feedback. We have a few few people who weighed in on what Ian should be for Halloween, uh, but I'm going to wait until he's back for another episode, since we can probably sneak in one more before Halloween. Uh, but he made... He made the mistake of asking the public, and so now everyone's got an opinion. Has he gotten Bella? Has No. That hasn't been an idea yet, or is that just reserved for me? At well, well yeah, no. if you're Bella, shouldn't he be Edward? This is getting creepy. Okay. We are really. Yeah, we took this too far. Okay. Sorry. It's way, way too far. There was a line way back there. <laughs> Wave to it as you move right on by. But uh, in the meantime... I would like to thank you all for joining us again, and uh, until next time, find me on Twitter, um, and you can always harass Ian for being the, oh. The odd man out. That's, that's it. Emphasis on odd. I, w I wanted to say the beer foul, but it seemed, it seemed inappropriate to call a person a beer foul in the meantime. But he's at dashing underscore rogue, and we're always on Facebook at facebook.com slash dashing rogue. Um, but thanks, and I am Shannon. I'm Jason. And I'm Cousin Max. Thanks for joining us.